0: When Shamrock Rovers has got one back, tears came to my eyes. When we went two and up, and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud, and we went out and won. Best mm-hmm. town mm-hmm. in the world.
1: Best mm-hmm. town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Gilani. North. Elding. 3-2. They've been looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliott. Elliot. Stenson. 1-1. It's brilliant, 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 brilliant. This day. There is still time, not much of it. On my watch, we are in the third minute of three minutes of injury time. You can hear the home fans encouraging and cajoling their team for a late, late match winner here. The throw-in is long from Perk, headed up into the air by Toll, cleared away further, a few metres further by Jimmy McGonagall. It's all hands to the pub now for Derry City, defensively. Rovers trying to find a late, late winner in the fashion of Paddy Kirk on that left hand side might come here to Keane and Kyo combining Jamie Keogh again turns one way Jamie Kyo! he has done it it's a beauty from Grange's Jamie Kyo! in injury time
2: what, what, a, what a goal what
1: a goal
2: what a goal
1: Jamie Kyo wins it for Sligo Rovers right footed high into the right hand corner <laughs> Since he's come on the pitch, Austin, he's he's been he's been really really clever with the football, and again there he didn't panic, he worked his opportunity, worked the space, really good low centre of gravity, and a fantastic strike, and all the Sligo Rovers players sprint up the field, and threw themselves on top of Jamie Coyle, like a full-time Malie and it's I I actually think that. Kyo can't believe what he's done it's actually emotional for Jamie Keogh the goal he is fist pumping he puts his head in his hands and there's the whistle for the end of the game and Kyo jumps into the arms of Aidan Keogh he can't believe what he has done Derry City don't know what's hit them Jamie has hit them and Rover Sean Connor have won this game tonight by two goals to one I did say it Austin I thought they'd get one more opportunity I said
3: there was only one thing That's the commentary from Ocean FM. Austin O'Callaghan was joined on co commentary by Sean Connor. Uh, wonderful, wonderful commentary from Ocean FM, and it uh, it epitomises the uh, the night that we had on uh, Monday in the Showgrounds. After what was an incredible performance, uh, an incredible evening, great atmosphere, a great buzz, and now that there's a positive buzz around the place, we've got all the boys back in the pod. Magoo's here. Fair weather supporter, Magoo. How are things? That's not bad. Sun is out. News back. Sean Dunn is here. Sean, how are you? How could you complain? It's great yeah. to be back. And obviously, Jerry's here through the good times and the bad times. You can rely, rely on Jerry O'Connor. Jerry, how are you?
4: Yeah, good, Connor. Just uh, good to see the boys come out from uh, behind the back of the couch.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, look at uh, the commentary w- was great. I'm sure most people heard it. Now at this stage, it was across all the social streams. Fair play to the club for uh, getting it out there, and it, it was um, it was it was just it was just magic. And the the buzz and the atmosphere, and um, we'll hear it from some of the shouts in the shed end a little bit later on. Like there, there was just sh- sh- Magoo, I suppose we'll go to you first. It was just it was a real special atmosphere, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, it was unreal. Like, especially like for a Monday night, you never see, don't really see things like that in a Monday night atmosphere and a buzz around the place like that in a Monday night. But it just goes to show you like that the, the crowd will feed off what's going on on the pitch. Like, and the performance was brilliant. So that just feeds up into the sand. Everybody was excited and like last minute goal. Like, so when was the last time we last minute goal like that? It was great. Yeah, it's, like pity, I was, it's a pity it wasn't Saturday night and we could have drank all night, the whole night through.
3: <laughs> yeah, but like my fear was that he was going to play another 60 seconds, we'd be under the cosh for, you know, for a minute and God knows what would happen, but um, for a play to the ref, he blew it up straight afterwards. Um, we've a lot to get through, obviously. Um, since we last spoke to you, um, as everyone knows, Liam Buckley is the part of the club by mutual mutual consent. And we'll talk a little bit about that. we we'll talk obviously about the uh, the game on Monday night Um we'll get your shites in the shed end we've we'll got some good ones in and um, we'll uh, divvy out some beer on the back of uh, the 2-1 win against Derry uh, with thanks to the White Hag our sponsors of the podcast and um, <clears throat> we'll have our second part of the Gavin Pears interview not to be forgotten uh, in all the the rigmarole of the last couple of days and we'll look ahead to Friday night's game away to UCD which will be uh, John Russell and uh, Ryan Casey's second game uh, at the helm the other thing that we just want to mention before we press on is um, on Wednesday night, tomorrow night in the library in town's Sligo library. Uh, there is a special event um, with Paul Little. Paul Little is the uh, author of, in the shadow of Ben Bulban, uh, uh, Dixie Dean's time at Sligo Rovers. It's a book that he brought out a number of weeks ago, and he'll be speaking with uh, Osteo Callahan, and that is at half six in the library on Wednesday. That's May 25th. So probably today, if you're listening to it, if you listen to it on Thursday, if you listen to this on Thursday, you have missed it. Um, well, wh- where do we start? Where do we start on this? Um, uh, I suppose... What were your, what your? I mean, I suppose we're all in agreement. Look, we've been speaking about it in the podcast for the last number of weeks, um, Sean. It was the right time for for Liam Buckley to to move on.
5: Yeah, I think it had just come to a, a natural end, really. I'm glad it ended the way it did. It ended amicably and not with just people roaring and shouting from the stands or anything like that. It didn't get bitter. Um, as apparently Liam took it as a gentleman that he is, and he's seen it as the for the benefit of the club going forward. And I think it's it is it's the right decision. And uh, nobody wants to see anyone lose their job, um especially in this volatile football world. It's not easy. But um look, it has I think even last night kind of proves it was the right call because just you could see even there was a a new lease of life in the fan base and the players on the pitch.
3: Yeah, and I suppose nobody's going to forget um or everybody has recognized the work that Liam Buckley's done over the last number of years. Um, the phrase steadying the ship" has been used a lot. Uh, he probably did a little bit more than that in the context of the managers that that we've had previous to him. Um, the quality of prayer, player that he's brought in has allowed us to put in performances, or has kind of facilitated the club to put in the performances that we saw uh, yesterday evening. And I guess, <clears throat> excuse me, that that what we saw yesterday, Jerry, is uh, it just kind of sums that up, and that um, we we need to like we said last time, we need to be able to capitalise on the quality that we have to, to get those sort of performances that we saw against Erie.
4: Yeah, but um, in fairness to Lane, you know, he's, I know we've said 17 times about staying in the ship, but that's essentially, you know, what he done, um, but also, he brought us, he brought us on, and he brought us on in a, in a good way. Um, you know, every year we, we got better and better Um, unfortunately this year it just didn't transpire and look that's kind of that's the way football goes sometimes and I think Liam you know would recognize that himself that you know it had come to come to the end Um, and as Sean said there as well look it's good that it was a mutual agreement and that you know it wasn't dragged out or for anybody's sake including Liam's because he's too good of a a man and too good of a gentleman to to go to go down that route. So look, um, and I've no doubt as well that me and Buckley probably will do just as good a job at the next club. But it just had come to its its natural life, and
3: uh, it was time to move on. Do you think McGuire will see him elsewhere in the league again?
2: Um, I thought no. It's hard to know, really, to be honest. With you. I, I I would wouldn't say it be for the lack of offers. I'm sure there be lots of people who would be looking to get a man like Liam in. And yeah. um, whether he wants to go again would be the next thing. Like, but you know, I, I like Jerry. I'd say wherever he goes, he will do a, a good job. Like I think when Liam came in to us, he was the right man at the right time. You know, we had a lot of players before him didn't understand the league, didn't understand football. Like Liam is very, he knows football, the game itself very well. Like you know, things went stale in the end, and like these is management football in general is probably a young man's game. So whether he keep going, I don't know, but he, at the time, he knew, he understood the league and understood the game and it was just the right man for us to bring us forward. And, like, he's still, he'll leave a lasting legacy with the youth that he's brought through for the couple of years that he's been there. Not only the, like, he's brought, brought great players in, but the youth he brought through, Johnny, Ed, I think Ed might have been in before him, but putting Ed at the start and bringing Jamie Cueh back, you know, Killian, Nile in the center of the park, like you go through the whole team, like and he's blooded a lot of them young fellas coming from the academy. So I feel like that, that should be a legacy on him going forward for him and hope to, for what he's remembered. Hopefully, not only getting us to Europe and improving us, but stuff like that. Like that, the academy is our it's vital to us, like and we needed we needed a manager like that who was willing to give you the chance, and thankfully, he did. And uh, now, I'd, like, if you if you were someone coming in like that. That's the time who never gave you the chance. We may still be in a position where none of them are getting the opportunity to go through. But now we've seen that we can bring good players through because of Liam. I'd say the steady flow will continue.
3: Yeah. Um, Credit where credit's due as well. Um, We went into the showgrounds and um, well it was my first time in there in a little while, Um, Jerry the pitch looked very, very good and it played very, very well on Monday night.
4: Yeah, it's it's back to back to its best and probably better even. Um look the obviously it took us a while to, to catch up with uh, where we wanted to be, but the work that was put in, you know, like those guys out there every night after every single game, whether it be the men's team or the women's team, out with pitchforks and turning sods and doing dances on the pitch to try and get the sods back into place. And you know, um fair play to everybody that's to put their, their shoulder to the wheel and then Great decision in bringing in uh, just more experts to 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 get us where, where it is now. So I think we're going to reap the benefits playing football going forward. Um, and It can only be a good thing. Plus as well, they have to give another, I know I said it before, but another shout out to the fire brigade. Like they were there early yesterday evening uh, hosing down the pitch um, and you could see it really, really, helped to to quicken the play and as soon as down to the ground. So it's, a um, you know, it's amazing all these small little things between fellas putting back uh divots after every game, the fire brigade coming in, water and pitch, like it just totally epitomizes the spirit of a community club. Just you know, all those little things just add up to, to Sligo Rovers FC. Uh
3: Magoo, the style of play that we saw on Monday night, the pitch played a big part in it, obviously, but it it was that kind of direct football. And the ball moved at a speed that really kind of set the tone for the whole game. And that's from the off, we were absolutely on it. My fear was that we wouldn't be able to maintain the energy levels for the ninety minutes, uh, but we did that uh, and then some. Um, but it was just the the, the speed of passing, like the, the the setup of the team. I suppose was you know the Liam Buckley could have picked that team, um, but it was. Um, it was just the attitude on the pitch. Yeah, everything, everything was, uh, I'm the same as you,
2: Connor. I thought we're never going to keep this up, but we were getting stronger as the game went on, like, um, but everything was just a quicker tempo, everything, the, the passing was quicker, uh, the closing down was quicker and more aggressive, we were, we wanted to do things quicker, uh, free kicks, trolling, kickouts, uh, even crosses into the box were earlier, there was men getting into the box, it was just, you know, we really we looked like a thing that wanted to go out and play and enjoy the football and with a real intensity to us. And it was just great to watch. Like, it was great to just go back and enjoy a game of football. Like, me and Jerry were just saying there at the end, like, we were, you know, about the goal that we gave away. And fuck that goal. Like, apart from that, like, Derry had a few half chances, but we fully deserved the win. And we were just lamenting about only a flash, stupid goal. But it was like the game was still enjoyable, even if we had to come away at 1 1. And I think that's the big thing. Like, we, we just haven't enjoyed the last few home games, and or a lot of the home games this season. It was just great to get back in and enjoy hard, the, hard away the games. pitch. I hardly away games, yeah, but yeah. You can you can have something with them, like to kind of ease the pain.
4: Yeah, I think for I think for the first fifteen minutes, the crowd were kind of were a little bit quiet and apprehensive and kind of waiting to see what would happen and how the players would react. But you know, ten fifteen minutes into it, they could see the players were up for it. And as Magoo was saying there, like the crowd started to feed off the players and, and vice versa. And I think the crowd, you know, like we were, myself and Magoo were saying, come 70 minutes, we were kind of thinking that the intensity levels might drop off, but that's really where the crowd actually came into its own. And I think they actually pushed the lads over the line. Like the whole ground was absolutely bouncing for a Monday night. Like it was unbelievable. And one feeds into the other and, I think the crowd actually pushed the lads over the line in the end. Unbelievable fans.
3: Um, yeah, the, the the crowd were great. We'll talk about them in a in a minute. Um, the, the the goal, the the well, we we'll do this in order, I suppose. First, the uh, Gary Buckley's goal. Uh, I didn't know if it was an OG. Uh, it was messy, uh, but we will take it. I, I know it came off, it came off uh, Gary in the end. Um, it was like it was a
4: messy goal, but it was uh, a better celebration.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was. Um, yeah, it wasn't the finest goal, uh, I suppose we've seen, but we, it was the pressure that we were putting onto them, and like, I don't know, like Derry were that Derry were bang average. They were absolutely bang average for that game. I don't know if it was completely down to uh, the pressure that we put on them, or if like. In the second half, your man uh, McJanet was in front of me. He was at uh, left back. He was just really bad. Danny Lafferty, really poor. Um, I think a special, a special mention for um, for uh, for Moran and keeping Patching completely out of the game. Like Patching was almost in a sweeper position for most of the game, as far as I could see. Um, so I, I, I the, we won't talk about Derry too much, but I, th- there, there were. They're, there's not like, they're, and they're on a bad run as well at the moment I'd say there's I'd say Rory Higgins is feeling serious pressure up there I, go. I was just going I I to say that he'd be
2: a man coming under pressure soon because like yeah, they didn't you would expect them to have more like us coming off for a team that's supposed to be going for a league like or trying to be like we all know who's going to win the league but you know in their own minds to they, they, be thinking they're going for it So they're coming off the back of a couple of bad results that they wanted more about they didn't, they didn't put a tackling on us in the first half yeah.
6: Like, you know I don't think we were good, like,
2: with a one or two touch passing! But they didn't get near us.
4: Yeah, but I think we kind of underestimate ourselves, us sometimes too. When when we beat a team, we're like, "Oh, they're shite straight away." But that's the same very team that we played only a few weeks ago, and they were fucking unbelievable. We because, didn't
5: allow we we didn't allow yeah. them to be good. Yeah, exactly.
2: No, so, we didn't. But I'm I I, I'm, I I understand we outplayed them. But I'm saying that you would expect them to probably be more aggressive and physical and and want to. But, like, I would say that Higgins... It looks to me like the players are getting bored of him. Like, Jerry says... Jerry said to me yesterday, you couldn't listen to fella for too long, like, and I think they're fucking bored of him because...
5: I, I said last year about him, if you remember. I said he's a he's a Kevin Keegan-type manager where he'll come in and roar and shout for six months and G everyone up and get everyone behind him for a wee while. And it all just peters out after that. It only lasts so long. He's actually not very tactically minded. If you even listen to him, he's... He, he's... He's boring to listen to. What,
3: Sean, do they, what, what do they try and do on Monday but try and play long balls in behind yeah. us? Well, I that's think all Sean,
5: could... I think Sean made the point
4: there on the, the last time we played Derry that just about Higgins and the team and so on and so forth was that um, they come at you hard and fast for the 15, first 15 minutes and after that then they start to run out of ideas. Yeah. and I think that's kind of what happened last night. And in fairness, we came hard and heavy at them as well and like at the start, it was like it was like a basketball game. It was up and down, it was up and down. But after a while, their momentum momentum started to kind of peter out. And I think it is they are like kind of all guns blazing first fifteen minutes. After that, if something doesn't happen, good for them.
5: They start to run out of ideas, and I think that's Sean. You said that the last day, but that's even you look at last night. Like you know, we pressed them so high, we they were looking to play out from the back. And we wouldn't allow it. Yeah. We wouldn't allow it. Like you look at most of the time there when they were trying to play out from the back, Bulger was up beside Kane at times. Like, yeah. when have we seen that this season? Yeah. You know, like he was, I, I, he played like a man possessed last night. Him and Nye Moran were unnatural in the center of the pack.
3: Yeah. I, I'd also, I'd, I'd also say just because he was, he was in front of me for half the game, but um, I thought Carlos Sullivan worked really hard as well in making sure that there wasn't any t- attacks coming in mm-hmm. or starting from, from, uh, from, Defensive position. I thought. I think. In fairness to him, he worked. He worked very hard.
5: There was no. You couldn't question anyone's work rate out there last night. Each and every one of them were outstanding. I. Sorry, I know I missed a minute there, but I don't know. Did you touch on McGinty's save?
3: No, I've gone there. Yes.
5: Yeah, but like that's just 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 touching on work rate is Will Fitzgerald for that. Yeah, I think it'll fly under the radar just how good he was for that moment. Yeah, he he works his arse off to get back, and he just gives that little nudge with the shoulder. It's not a foul; it's it's never a foul, but he just puts McGonagall just off track and puts him into yeah. McGinty's path. And McGinty's think, brave as hell. I think Donald Kelly made that point um,
4: earlier on, yeah. um, not that exact point, but um, that maybe that's the difference as well um, to to the previous games in that you know, Fitzgerald keeps going and keeps going, keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. Just does enough to put him off. Egg comes out, saves it. And sometimes, again, those small things are the difference between winning and losing. And we were prepared to do everything last night to make sure that we did win. And I think we've nearly touched on nearly every single outfield player and, and keeper at this stage.
3: Well, not, uh, not, there's one, one outstanding, one big one outstanding.
4: Paddy Kirk. Uh, hey. Paddy Kirk. <laughs> yeah.
3: But just before, before we go on to Paddy, the, just, to, just to the great work that... So there was obviously the, the first big save that it makes, but he also saves from both of Patching's free kicks. The first free kick mightn't have been all that difficult to save. It was going, you know, top corner, but he, it was an easy save, I suppose. But the second save came in from behind the wall and he was, uh, McGinty is stretching to his left at the top-class save as well. And he, he, I'm sure he wouldn't have had a lot well, of time to see that.
2: And Pat, good strong arm when I went... So went out yeah. for a throw. Like, really yeah, promised. that's
5: just about the same ago. The way he parries it, he doesn't parry it back that, into a danger area. Yeah. he yeah. puts it out wide. You know, he keeps that the direction on it in the, right, in the right way. Proper
4: save, like... Pro-
5: yeah. I thought, Yeah. I thought that was, that was really a very harsh team. free kick as well, so it was. Oh, well, it was, it was a, never a fucking
4: free kick. It wasn't shirt. even a free kick. No. Absolutely joke. I think there was a booking for that as well, if, if I remember.
5: Yeah, but that was for descent. All oh, right, That was, was a stupid words. decision. Yeah, fair enough.
3: Yeah, But was that... No, was that not... um uh, Bulger's booking but that was Bulger got booked there for know, a foul that the, happened about three or four minutes beforehand yeah. that was in the centre
5: of the pack though Bulger w- yeah. wiped yeah. out your man just from yeah. a wee mistake
3: yeah um, look we're going to Paddy Kirk things as well though Connor.
5: just on that as well just when we are on Fitzgerald he's just a wee change in his game last night I, I, I could be wrong just I felt in him that he wasn't uh, made play as a, a direct winger that he played more inside, nearly coming inside and linking up with the midfield an awful lot more, and playing little one-two passes around the place and creating space and being an option all the time. He wasn't just get at the get at the right full, get by and get crosses into the box. I thought he was Fitzgerald he,
4: or Kirk. No, Fitzgerald. Yeah, sorry, you said yeah.
5: Kirk. Yeah, no, sorry, Fitzgerald. Yeah, um, I just thought he's and he was allowing then Kirk to create the width, and he was going beyond and on and on all the time, like. I thought that caused very awful problems down that left-hand side
3: especially. Yeah. Uh, Paddy Kirk was pretty much faultless throughout the game. Um, he was audacious in some of his play. Some of the stuff he, he did, he like with a, the ball on his feet, putting the ball past the player and beating the opposition player for pace. Um, he, I suppose what we didn't see is those massive tackles that he tends to put in, which is a little bit worrying from time to time as well because you never know how they'll go. But I thought he was really measured and like, there was a huge amount of fight and... Um, again, from like I, I would say, maybe Horgan didn't have his, his, his greatest game either, but um, they they did allow, they were they, both fullbacks were so much further up the pitch. Mm-hmm. And like Horgan played a role in the, the winning goal, he was there. Yeah. Uh, he might have put, he might have even played he the ball in, but just the. Both fullbacks got so far up the pitch, and Sean. You were disagreeing with me there when were you shaking your head when I was saying Horgan didn't have his greatest game?
5: Yeah, um, I thought Horgan was excellent. I thought uh, maybe maybe a few crosses into the box were poor. His delivery yeah. was off at time. He, he should have taken a touch. Yeah, and there was one he there was a couple where he clipped them in and should have maybe just hit them in a pace across the six yard area, but. That's probably not it. It's not really his game, no. but um, in terms of just being a right full, he was excellent. Nothing got by him all night. He was faultless in that regard. Defensively, he was brilliant. And again, his engine is just unbelievable. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what he's running on, but yeah. he just doesn't stop. Uh, just, uh,
3: just, on, just on the goal corner. Is it okay to? Are you to Go jump ahead? Yeah. Like well, not hold on one second, Jerry. Hold on one second. Okay. okay. Um, just from hmm. a, a timeline point of view, very goal... The, huh? I'm just getting excited <laughs> The the Derry goal, keep your, keep your powder dry The Derry goal the, 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 the flaw there, I would say on our behalf was the kick out um, McGinty had two poor kick outs where he just, the ball nearly went into into space with the height that he put on it it came straight back at us it caused a bit of a problem but what, what allowed the goal to be scored was a real kind of it was a bit of a, f- a fluky situation for Derry and they just capitalised on it
5: the balls of a situation. It just comes in. Blaney might get his head onto it, and a kind of Buckley panics then to just try and put his foot through it and get it out.
3: He it off Horgan, is not he?
5: Yeah, he's he's doing the right thing. He's getting it out of harm's way. Like <laughs> it takes a horrible deflection then of of Horgan and lands at the feet of McGonagall. Like it couldn't land any better. Like it was unbelievable. And McGinty was committed to it already. It was just, it was an easy enough finish for him. Fuck, he was so unlucky and you know, so against the run of play and everything was so undeserved. It was horrible, but a huge credit to the lads because what we've seen this season is automatically when someone scores against us, the heads, boom, straight down to the ground. Didn't happen. Did not happen. And with the crowd as well, the crowd didn't fall flat. The crowd got straight behind the team again. Everything went, it, was, it stayed positive. And that It'll led play again. So well, though. Yeah, I think they knew it themselves as well. I think we go that it wasn't a need for collapse. Oh. And here we go again. Like, because even going. when we scored, we didn't retreat, we kept going at them. Yeah, you know, we, we kept the tempo we were, up,
2: kept the tempo up. Yeah, and, and still present. Nobody was making rash decisions and losing their heads just because we lost a goal. Like, you, you know, you have to come to terms of the fact that in football, you're going to lose goals, like, and you have to just keep to your game plan and stick to your guns. and we done it, and the, and the pressing was still done at the right time and together, and nobody was losing their heads. And it was just great to see it all, all around like it. it. was just brilliant, brilliant performance.
3: Um, We got some shouts from the shed, and then you can get your shouts into 85 9767 Just leave us a quick uh, WhatsApp voice note after the UCD game with your thoughts on the game, or if you have any thoughts about who you'd like to see come in as manager or if you're happy for uh, John Russell and... um. Ryan Casey to stay in situ, um, let us know after the game, 0858159767, we got a couple of shouts in, uh, we got the first from former Slugger Rovers, uh, striker Donna Oates, and uh, he's followed by Dave McGee.
6: How you doing guys, uh, Donna Oates here, just sending in a little message um after i suppose calming down after the um exploits of last night uh, so we are we 20 hours later it's half five on um the tuesday afternoon after um what a fantastic result against derry city last night um absolutely delighted for everybody um but what i'm gonna do if you don't mind um i'm just going to let you know i was listening to certainly my last podcast coming up from castle Bar on saturday which was the podcast that was done after the Shams three-one defeat, um, and obviously I was going to kind of maybe, I suppose, talk about that very, very quickly in terms of what was being said and obviously what was being, being, being mentioned and what has come to pass uh, in the uh, in the interim. So I had a big, uh, I, I, had, uh, I, I had a little bit of a thought on that, and obviously the management committee went and did what they did, and. Um, and by mutual consent obviously liam has has moved on so the first thing i would like to do obviously um is without being a hypocrite um, completely agree with everything that was being said in the podcast in terms of the performances going stale and we all felt you know maybe things had come to a head and um and obviously the decision was made in terms of liam Um, by the management committee um, last Sunday, which I think, in fairness, took us all by surprise. I didn't think it was something they were going to do. Um, Certainly the murmurings I was hearing that it wasn't going to happen, but it did. And certainly I would like to thank um, Liam for for what he's done for the club over the last, you know, three, three and a half years uh, in terms of getting us back to where obviously we feel we belong. Um, But again, would agree that maybe for me, as in football, these things do happen, and 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 have happened, and I think we obviously now need to move on and uh, let the management committee do whatever it is they need to do. Um. So that's I suppose covers that. Um. In terms of last night, um. Well, what can you say really about last night? It was a fantastic evening, I think, for everybody. I don't don't think anybody is uh, will 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 contradict that. It was. Uh, fantastic performance the pitch was in great nick credit to to whoever uh, is in charge of that because obviously they took it in the neck for for the for the the start of the season maybe the rain helped I think it I think the rain did help in terms of the 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 slickness of the passing and but in fairness there was some unbelievable passing and moving uh from the team last night which i think we haven't certainly haven't seen in a long 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 time so that was um that was absolutely beautiful to see the other side of that coin then is you would you would argue that you know why have we not seen this up to this point um i would let that slide personally um because you know it's really about what happens from here on in you know the the the, the next game the next game the next game you know whoever is in charge The players have shown they're capable of of playing a game that gets us on our feet, gets us singing, gets us chanting, and and more importantly, gets us results. Um, So, you know, as I say, I'm delighted for, for the players for last night, delighted for the fans, delighted for John and Ryan. Um, and all the backroom team because I know certainly last night when you see Shamey coming off the, the bench it is very much a, a squad performance that, that's going to be needed from here on in and not just the 11 players that, that start that start any particular game um, what a fantastic goal from Shamey. again delighted for him um, but again I don't think anybody would, would argue a lot of people crying out for him to play far more regularly and couldn't understand why you only got away at Tala but as I say, that's that's all behind us now. So as I say, hopefully Shamrock can kick on as well. But again, I don't think that you know, with the exception of maybe the small mistake for the goal, you know, you couldn't uh, you couldn't but be delighted with the way Sligo Rovers 1-13, um, 14 uh, applied themselves last night and 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 obviously got the result um, the way we got it as well. Um, Huge credit, I think. As I say, maybe it's got my uh, my my, my centre forwards um, kind of cap on. But I thought Aidan Kane again was was fantastic. Um, his just his his work ethic, his his hold up play, even his little Cruyff turns getting shots off in the first half. I mean, to see a centre forward like growers do that is fantastic. He probably doesn't get his just rewards, but he seriously puts a shift in, and uh, I'm delighted for him. And delighted for you guys there in the podcast because, as I say, finally some really, really positive stuff to get your get your teeth into and um, and I look forward to hearing it uh, when you get around to it. Thanks a million guys, all the best, bye bye. Well lads, Dave McGee here,
0: just my shout from the Shed End for the Derry game just from last night. Uh, much improved I think from over the last, I suppose, five, six weeks anyway. Um, starting from the back really, McGinty was solid and commanding as ever in the air. Made a couple of crucial saves and was off his line fairly quick on, uh, on two occasions as well to deny Derry goal-scoring opportunities. Two full-backs were excellent. They offered plenty of width and looked to try and get beyond their wingers at times. The first option for them over the last couple of weeks as well throughout the poor run of form was to look for a centre-half. And I think the whole team was kind of guilty of that as well where we only kind of done that when we really had to. We looked to play into, into midfield again, um, in particular to Moraghan and Bulger and try and play out through them then as well. Uh, the two lads in the middle I thought were excellent as was Wilfred Sherrill, more so on the left, offered a little bit more of an attacking threat to Carl Sullivan. but Carl put in a great shift again, working his socks off and, and looked to, to try and get in behind in any chance he got as well. Um, the major thing for me was when Keena dropped deep to, to look to get on the ball, um, as, as he always does and, and puts in a, a great shift again and, and looks to be an all-round number nine, playing well with his back to goal and looking to look up the play. Adam McDonald was looking to get beyond him. Um, to, to provide that runner in behind and be the late man to, to try and arrive into the box or into dangerous areas. There was, a, there was a time there in the second half, I think, where he had got beyond the the, the whole defence, down the, the right-hand wing, I think it was, and had acres of space. There wasn't a very player within 10 yards of him, but unfortunately the ball just couldn't be found. But look, it was a great performance uh, to a man, much improved from the from the last couple of weeks, as I said. And The main areas of focus for me last night that I took away from it was more intent and purpose on the ball. It was a lot quicker a lot more sharp and a lot more um a lot more purpose to what we were trying to do we we're trying to play forward and not just keep possession for the sake of it and play around the back uh, shout out to john russell i suppose for that if he's he's got the lads up and at it after buckley's departure during the week so you know onwards and upwards hopefully this will be a, an upturn in 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 terms of the style of play a little bit more direct but played some lovely football across the park as well so you know keep this going see what happens i know there's not a lot of names and um, Linked with the with the job, but you know, let's see what happens over the next couple of weeks, get the interviews done and see what's right for the club moving forward. Shout out to the crowd as well last night who were excellent, you know, they were vocal throughout. One of the nicest of evenings up there as well. So, you know, fair dues to everybody who's back to club throughout, back to players, despite them not performing. And you know, there's only one rovers really. Keep up the good work, boys. We'll see you soon. That's
3: a shout from the shed ends. Uh at five eight one five nine seven six seven or you can send them in the podcast at B-O-R-S-T. IE. Uh, Dave McGee there mentioned um, two players we haven't spoken about yet. Uh, McDonald had uh, a very good game, loads of energy. Um, Aidan Keane as well um, was... Is, is, that, is that one of the best... Perform- even though he didn't score, is it one of the best performances we've seen from him? It's his best performance. I think his best
2: um, 90 minutes. Like Usually he, yeah. he, he does seem to run out of a bit of a gas, but like, even... Up until 80 odd minutes last night, I thought he was excellent.
3: Yeah, in the second half when he broke away, uh, he like he made an opportunity out of nothing down the wing. Uh You're kind of expecting him to put those away, aren't you?
5: I think he had too much time to think about it. Yeah. I think, you know, you see a lot of his uh, efforts can be just off the cuff nearly. Yeah, I think he nearly had too much time to think about what he was going to do. He should, instead of placing it, he went for power.
3: And it ended up in Maraboya estate. Yeah.
5: <laughs> but he was <laughs> taking nothing away from his performance last night. He was unbelievable. No. He was he let,
2: everywhere he let, he let one fly. Um, me and you were right behind the jury, remember the second half? Yeah, and uh, only for a hit one of the dirty fellas who knew nothing about it. Like, how he said, Oh, yeah, half. he
4: connected beautifully
2: with it. Oh, us. yeah, that was heading yeah. straight for the top corner. Only three miles away, there's big yeah. fucking hay there, or air, so whatever it was.
5: But yeah. you look at it as well, though, lads. You see, for Keane last night, look at the difference it made with us playing a little bit higher and getting closer see, yeah. to him. It yeah. gave him something to work with. Yeah. his it's pressing was, his pressing wasn't going, you know, it wasn't wasted. It was there was a reason for it because he was forcing Derry City defenders to make panicked passes, and then the likes of Bulger and Moorham were popping up then and winning the ball back again. And then if we he was an option then again to lay off and make runs in behind again, it was it was a brilliant, brilliant performance from him, but it was helped so much by the lads being up close to him. And you can go back and take a perfect example of what not to do, was the Bulls game, where he was left isolated and there was miles of separation between the midfield yeah. and him. Yeah. And he was left to chase channels and nothing there. And even yeah. if he got the ball, there was nothing coming towards him.
2: And even, even McDonald last night, like, not only getting close to him, but making runs beyond him. Like, yeah. I thought McDonald, McDonald, was, like, back to where he was at the start of the season, the past game, and the thing, runs into the box, late, late runs into the box, beyond the striker. Like, exactly, Magoo. I thought he was excellent last night. Really, really good. I'd like he'd enough, he enough, he enough chances to be top scorer in the league. Now I'd say at this point. But <laughs> apart, apart, apart from that,
5: he was brilliant. Like, <laughs> I he doesn't fancy that right peg at all, does he? No, he
2: doesn't. No, no. no.
5: no. That's definitely I, for standard. I know. I know. That? I know <laughs> he
2: feels in that one. Yeah. yeah.
5: <laughs>
3: And every ball went straight down the keeper's throat as well. Every, every opportunity that he had. Yeah. But, but look, the other side of it as well was that the other part of his game was the quick free kicks. Just Derry didn't have any opportunity yeah. to get themselves set up. If there was a a kick, if there was a free kick for Rovers in the final third, it was almost played immediately.
5: And that was the thing to do. Don't let them settle. Yeah. Don't let them settle back in and get... Keep them out of position. Keep them chasing. And that's where you're going to exploit them and you're going to open them up. And we proved it time and time again last night which the other opposite
4: to what we were doing in the past
5: yeah like it took we're, us so long so,
4: so we're so we just became so conservative didn't we yeah it was either but going we, sideways backwards or if it was going forward like we were letting mentioned
2: is, we mentioned it on one of the pods previous about that we just let other teams settle into the game down here and stuff yeah, like that yeah. it was obviously spoke about last night I'd say it was part of the game plan don't let them settle That we're at home like get into their faces yeah. and
5: and I think, lads, as well, that Higgins underestimated what mm-hmm. Russell and Casey were going to do last night. Yeah. I think he was expecting us to turn up and still be a lean Buckley side and still come out and set up the exact same way. Well, we did set up in the same formation as such, but there was, a, there was just a couple of tweaks throughout it and it made all the difference. But Higgins didn't account for that. And you can I, see he was frustrated by it.
3: I met Rory Higgins. In uh, the clarion and I was dropping the young fell into a swimming lesson yesterday afternoon, and they were just about to get on the bus in the foyer. I told him, I said, "There's going to be, there's definitely going to be a new ba- manager bounce here." And he said to me, "I fucking hope not." <laughs> there, there, absolutely was. There absolutely was. Um, uh, they were, um, yeah. we look at, uh, they were, they were. And the other, like, I think the, the just on, like, the. How we kind of impose ourselves on games. Like I think, even if the game didn't go our way last night, or if we drew the game or lost the game, but we showed that kind of mentality and that kind of attitude, you still have to come away pretty happy about with the, the potential for 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 the team. Like you know, like if if like the other side of it is we 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 rode our luck a little bit uh, in the second half when um, Maddie Smith came on. Uh, he had one uh, chance where I was I mean I would have put my house and that he was going to score. It was a big let off for us. Um, but ha, you know, had that gone in and the game finished 2-2 or whatever way it might have finished you'd still feel quite positive about things
4: I would have been disappointed to be honest you had have
3: been more disappointed than, you're, than you are yeah. today but ultimately oh you know, well, yeah yeah look, my, you my, point is, my, my point is my point is if you're not going to go and try and be uh, you know really impose yourself on games and take risks and play higher up the pitch you're worth
4: 100% risking. 100% look if we lost the game I would have been still satisfied with the performance but disappointed that we got beat because on the balance of play we were a better team, and we done all the right things. And it would have been an injustice had we not got at least a draw. But on the balance of play, we deserve to win. And um, sometimes fortune favors the brave, and we got everything that we deserved. Yeah. Which, um, but that's, and know, that's exactly no my point. The
3: that's all, yeah. That's exactly my point. You got you got to take a chance.
4: Oh, um, absolutely! And I said it last week. I said we don't take chances. Yeah. No. We're we're way too conservative. Everything is slow, slow, sideways, backwards. Um even when we're taking free kicks, what I was going to say there a minute ago was that we gave the opposition far too much time to get set up. Yeah. So there was never any of that element of...
3: And half our free kicks went back to Gary Buckley or to the centre-half yeah. and it was trying to get a ball in behind them. Yeah.
5: Well, another go back and taking an examples for all these is um, you go back to that UCD game where you're in the 88 minutes, losing 2-1, losing and we're, yeah. about to play, we're about to play a free kick back into our centre half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I it's only that, that the crowd tells Greg Bulger yeah, to put the ball yeah. fucking forward. Absolutely right. But I think trust comes
4: into it too, lads, in that yeah. um, maybe Liam didn't trust the players to do certain things where if you look at, going back to where uh, Fitzgerald ran back the length of the pitch to, to be a nuisance, yeah, uh, and put whoever it was going through. I can't remember off. So maybe he didn't trust him in the past to say, right? Well, I don't think that Will Fitzgerald is yeah. going to make that run, so I'm going to sit, sit in, yeah, to make sure. you know, Whereas last night we trusted the players and we trusted ourselves to take risks. And again, if you don't take risks, you don't create opportunities and you don't score goals. So that's where, in my opinion, that's where the flip side came. Yeah,
5: that's, and so if I, I trust. You're about- I think you're bang on the money, Jerry, as well on that. And I think another example of it uh, last night was was Bulger. Exactly, in, yeah. In being, like, if you look at Bulger in the last few weeks, months, whatever it is, that, like, he's nearly had that sitting role. Yeah. Where that's not, he's not, that's not Greg Bulger. He's not a sitting midfielder. He's a combative midfielder. Yeah. And he's, he's brilliant on the ball. And that's what he proved he was last night. That was the best of Greg Bulger. And he looked like he enjoyed every second of it. Uh, yeah. He was creasing into tackles but winning the ball, getting back up and playing lovely one twos himself and Niall Moore. were yeah. dancing around fellas. We, and we played these lovely triangles all around the pitch, yeah. lovely one two touch passing, and then spreading the ball out wide for oncoming fullbacks or wingers. Yeah. It was just,
2: there was times like, like, like that. Just they were, they were expressing like, themselves,
4: yeah. yeah. Like the sister box are well <laughs> capable of do well, well capable of you know hitting the ball 30 40 yards if needs be, they don't need to pass it two or three yards. Bulger to then go and do that so he's been oh. higher up the pitch yeah, yeah and it, it also
3: actually yeah, moving up it also asks, asks less questions of the opposition if the ball is good to Bulger or course, go back to yeah. the centre half to put it a, put a long because they know yeah. what's going to happen 70% it's of the time boring. Yeah. it's boring it's boring for the fans and, and that's what Derry were doing blanket. last
2: night. it's yeah. a security blanket of, of the yeah. more have back there the less chance the other team will it's, boring. It's, it's,
3: it's,
2: it's effectively nearly setting up you're effectively setting up not to lose the game rather than go and win the game. Yeah. and like I think and I know I don't want to be dancing on any man's grave here or anything like that like, but mm-hmm. you know football has moved on now football is now, all around the world all around the world has, has moved on now where it's, emphasis is, is all now on attack and flowing football and open football and attacking football and that's the way everybody wants to see the game played that's the way all the players want to play it and that, like last time when they were let off the leash you could see the the they're, they're breeding new life into them nearly. Like there was, like Nile like Nile was doing pirouettes in, in the centre of the park. Like people complain about more and all he does is pass sideways and backwards. Yeah, yeah. last night he was doing drag backs, he would not made, yeah. like he got caught at one stage. They were like nearly over, they were getting so excited with themselves. But that's okay Buck, as well. Buckley the same, yeah Buckley the same and of was what, trying to do a backheat and nearly got caught. But that's what, it is, it's, uh, Okay, because they were allowed to express themselves,
3: yeah. and, and Aiden Keane as well brilliant. in the first ten minutes. he does the little Cruyff turn uh, to to yeah. beat and the like centre
2: half. Keane don't want about eighty minutes in the centre of the park. He would only cut the ball in his chest and lobbed it over some other fellow's head and took it down and then spread it out wide. Like well, it was brilliant, but that's that's the way you want to see them playing, and that's the way they want to play. Yeah. And the more they're allowed to enjoy it, the more, yeah, So and the more they're allowed to enjoy it, the the, the more you're going to get out of them, and the better they're going to be because they're all good footballers. Like
3: yeah. it's high risk, high reward.
2: Yeah, don't want to be listening to this nonsense on social media that we don't have the squad and, and we should be happy with seven. Tomorrow. Well, there we
3: go. And here's another talking point. Okay. Just just that. Like. Yeah, just that. The people, when it was announced that Liam Buckley was at the part of the club, the amount of people were, who were <laughs> saying, like, where are Sly Rovers fans getting off thinking that they should be playing uh, more expansive football, that they should be higher up the league, that they should be beating the likes of Derry City or Shamrock Rovers who get yeah. beat by or like, you know? Like, yeah. Come do. Off it. Do it. Yeah. Same,
5: they're the same people, Connor, that have watched us about two or three times. That's yeah. about it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And That's I suppose it, all, it's, it suits them for us to be, you know, playing within ourselves as well. Obviously. The, versus, they're, so. the
5: same, they're the same yeah. people, right, that were given that same cliched uh, pre match report for us. Uh, uh, you're going up against a Liam Buckley side, so it'll be nice and pretty football all on the ground. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. You know, we hadn't played that kind of football since maybe last season. Yeah. now this yeah. season has all been trying to be counter attacking football and maybe play it around at the back that was it but it's not nice clean football
4: but it's very much a, it's very much a, it was very much an attitude of how dare they
5: who
4: do they think they
2: are they are over there yeah. trying to muscle in on us boys over here like yeah, yeah. but they should, but
5: look, they should really lot. yeah but Shelburne who were a, a newly put together team basically a whole new squad they had the right the, oh yeah Shelburne should be up there yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 new manager new team everything
2: yeah, you can guarantee if Keith Long loses his job tomorrow, everybody will be saying, Oh, well, I suppose like they probably had to go because they should really be challenging for the league. Yeah. But, like suppose this that with the squad they have. Fucking bollocks with the squad they have. We've yeah. a, just as good a squad as we have a better squad than Both. Both have a and, shite squad and they're proving what they yeah. have. But they're also comparing us with like you're not as good as the dog, Boz or Pass. like, fuck off, we're not as good as them. Yeah. Of course we're every bit as good as them. Of course we are. And look at the look at the state of Derry last night. Fucking hell. Yeah.
3: Right, let's get okay. stuck into the... Uh, but i anti- just would
4: make one more point before we yeah, move yeah. on there. Derry, if any club that has notions, it's probably Derry. We've yeah, won probably. more trophies than Derry. And to be yeah. honest with you, we've won more trophies than most of those simpletons that are following clubs that are commenting on us. We're the fourth or fifth most successful club in the country. We've never gone bust. We never go out of business. We're always there. We're always in the top division more often than not.
5: So, like, I, I don't know where to get As- this... And we're never reliant on sugar daddies. Yeah,
4: I, I don't know where this, this bullshit comes from. Um, but like a lot of these like fucking sham supporters and all that, when they started supporting the, uh, their club in the last ten years, we're going back generations. You know, so don't give us a lecture on oh. what we should be happy with or what we should be content with. Yeah, we so know tell where we, tell should us what we should be.
2: be careful what yeah. we wish for, like, you know what we wish for. The yeah. grass is all- like the grass, the, the grass is, is no right? greener. Yeah, if, Fuck any, if any fucking if any club is supporters yeah. in the country, know the grass is no greener. It's us, it's, it's us. us. We're, we're, we're usually on the side of the not gra- green grass. We didn't have any grass in no, no. the first, we didn't have any grass for the first few <laughs> weeks. Exactly, yeah, the what we're they're doing. giving out when we, we don't have can. any grass, and then, then they're saying <laughs> <laughs> the grass is no greener. But bear in mind, we, bare we wish for what we want to wish for. Yes, you have the
5: same Shamrock Rovers fans who had banners out only a couple of years ago to get Stephen Bradley out of their club. I'd
2: yeah. Be like, uh, yeah, yeah, but even you're like, begging the, him to like stay. I don't want to be saying names and everything, like, but even like, like Conan Byrne is a pundit and everything uh, that. And and he said, uh, but he, he, no, but he, he says, like, he say, and I do like, I like, he's Conan a man. Yeah. Yeah. He is, I like Conan Bird. No, but he wasn't even that though. Conor he, he turned around and says, You're buying players from you're getting players from Finn Hart and Longford. How do you expect to be challenging? Such fucking disrespect from a yeah. pundit of the league. Yeah, shams by get players from UCD. that mean they should be fucking challenging. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean I have a bit of fucking manners yeah, fuck yeah.
4: like if I was if I was fans of Harps and, and Lanford uh, like I don't know why they weren't up in arms over what he was saying yeah Afraid to challenge they, them
2: all them, them all them fucking all the other clubs I say Dublin just fucking let them fucking up the bomb them but, that, up but like, that's but that's why then if we, if we if, the we
4: if we if we come to mutual agreement for Lane Buckley to move on and they think oh well, yeah we should be happy with that and if we don't if we don't they, they don't expect us to bite back but no if there's any club that bites back it's always us so yeah. anyway
5: well. let's stay on a positive note oh yeah no, but like you have to Not yeah. be negative no but like, right. you have to
4: fight your ground and you have to you know fight your corner too like so let's um, let's get into we are doing that anyways
3: let's get stuck into um the uh the additional time uh ninety minutes plus uh the 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 buzz around the showgrounds was it was amazing, really, and it was like it like from what we had, and we've discussed this already. I know, but from the attitude that we, as supporters, have had to the whole thing over the last number of weeks, in contrast to the the singing and the roaring and just the the buzz around the place, and the way we like the the fans uh, on Monday night, I suppose, have to take some. Uh, credit as well for creating that atmosphere to allow the team to do what they did and to keep going. Like, as I said at the top of the podcast, I was worried that we wouldn't have the legs to do the 90 minutes. We absolutely did. Uh, credit to John Russell and Ryan Casey for the substitution as well. Uh, Shami Kyo comes on and Kelly
5: and Healy, and
3: Kelly and Healy, yeah, who has loads of legs in him, yeah. Um, but Shami had had, he had the first opportunity, which was very similar to the goal. And I think after that, Derry were spooked. And for um, like the, the for the goal, the ball starts out on the left hand side. I think it's McDonald who plays it to Horgan, Horgan plays it into uh, Q. And I think it's it might be Toll or Patching um, on the edge of the box. They're afraid to go near him. They've got the hands up in the air, yeah. and he's in that penetrative position. And they're like, they're just they don't want to go near him. And they've already seen what he can do. And he does what he does. It's it's. It's just an amazing piece of play. And again, it shows bravery. And I don't think there's anybody who, you you wouldn't want anybody else to, to be in that position than Shane Cure on that night, I think as well.
5: No, but the, the composure and the courage he shows in that position where he he's dancing around defenders and that low center of gravity is great. When you see footballers like that, that have that low center of gravity and they're just dribbling in around players, turning them left, right and center. But, when it comes into position like that, and he knows, everyone knows, like you're in the dying seconds of the game, and more often than not, a player is going to absolutely smash that ball at the net and make sure it just hits the target. He just cushions that into the top corner. It's a beautiful floated finish into the top right-hand corner. It was just everything about it was unbelievable. You think he'd been on the pitch the whole game, not just fresh off the bench a few minutes. It was it was sensational, it was delighted for him. And I, t- I tell you one thing: when you get a winner like that, it hits different when it's a local that does it.
3: Yeah, oh yeah, and yeah. And, and with so the season that he's had as well, Magoo.
2: Yeah, it's like I'd say he was chomping off the bit last at the bit last night to get on. Like I'd say, you could see with the goal, his the when, when the ball in from Horgan, the speed he was onto it, and his touch and his the feel of the ball just is around him and. He, he, uh, you could say it was nearly like you were looking at going, he's he's determined to score. We're coming on the pitch, he was thinking to himself, I'm gonna to score tonight. And after the first opportunity he missed, then as Sean was saying, where he finished it, that's the football intelligence. Like, I'm not gonna the first one, he snatched at it, yeah, but he learned his lesson. The second one, then he's like, Is it the head? I'm gonna to score tonight, no matter what happens, I'm getting on the score sheet tonight and I'm getting the winner. And what a finish! Like, he, he had but a lot of work to and do. Yeah, he's an awful lot too. But he, he got, took the ball to facing away from goal. I think. The, but it was that he nipped in ahead of uh, I don't know if it was Tall or whoever it was, but he nipped in ahead and the touch took away from him, and then just stepped inside and put into top corner it was lovely. Like about four defenders around him. Yeah, yeah. But the for the, but the, the was, refer- first opportunity it was too. Like, but he was yeah. just he's uh, he's such a good footballer, like in fairness, he, and he hasn't he hasn't we we've, we've mentioned it enough times too now, but he he wasn't getting the opportunities he deserved. Like three minutes at the end of here and. Five minutes into this wasn't enough, and he came on as I determined to show and to prove what he can do, and he did. Like and he, I, I, I would say we be getting more opportunities from now on. Anyway, yeah.
4: I think the the big the big change though. Uh, looking back at the goal, uh, I was watching it there online this afternoon, and I just froze it, um, as he, as he takes the chance. We had seven players in and around the box in the ninety third minute. There was five. Rovers players inside the box, and there was two just on the D in the 94th yeah. minute or whatever it was. And Horgan, the fullback, makes the assist. When have you seen us do anything like that before? Yep. In a long, and Horgan, long time. Horgan, Hor- 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 Hor-
2: Hor- Hor- like this, this, this day last week, even Horgan would be up the pitch, neither a Kirk, I mind, uh, at, that, at that time of the game. Nowhere.
3: No way, yeah. yeah I trade think to,
2: tried it to For the, for the, the substitutions, like they were attacking substitutions, shamey, killy, and it was all about going, and winning the game. We weren't settling for a pointless night, like
4: yeah. It was that. That's what made it enjoyable too. Um, And then we were pushing and pushing and pushing, and intensity and the tempo and on the front foot, and everything was positive. And that's just you know as I said, fortune favors the brave, um, and yeah. and we we got we got what we deserved.
3: Even you know in the the play that leading up to the goal where it starts off McDonald, he's in a position there where if you're a Derry City defender, you're thinking, right, is he going to whip it in here with the left foot? Mm-hmm. It goes to Horgan. Is he going to spin it over on the right foot? No, he dinks it into, into Q. Like, well, we had options, there's, Connor. There's see. just so much, there's so much for the Derry defence to be thinking about well, yeah. what's going to happen here. But, but that's the difference.
6: We,
4: like, never mind the 44th minute, but in the 94th minute, we, actually, we had options in and around the box. So as you say, we gave the Derry players something to think about. Whereas normally you might have one, two players, you know, and if it goes in, it's, it's, you know, you're fortunate, but there was nothing fortunate about that. You have seven players in and around the box. We gave Derry, you know, something that obviously they're shitting themselves. And again, you know, you're brave, you're brave in the game and and you get, you get what you deserve when you're brave. It's all about taking chances and opportunities and calculating risks and, like what McGee was saying there, like the substitutions were calcul- calculated risks. There were positive changes, they weren't conservative, they weren't like, well, let's hold what we have, let's be happy with a point. But again, the games are so tight, you can't be happy with a point. Point won't get you won't get you anywhere. You know, we well, have to be getting three points to push on.
2: And if you if you have the belief and the trust in your in yourself and your yeah. teammates and your 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 squad, if you're the manager and and impose yourself in the game. And if you're yeah. good players, more often than not, like if you impose yourself in the games, you'll get your rewards out of it, like.
5: Yeah. It was vital for us as well to get a win last night because, look, there's too much of the season left to just cancel out everything now. Oh, yeah. You know, like different. there was still, a, we still have a massive opportunity of getting Europe, but we hadn't beaten anyone above us, only Pat on the opening day of the season. So it was vital to actually put down a, a stamp and actually say, no, well, we are capable of beating the, the bigger boys, say, in the league. And it's not just Drahada and Harps, who's the only other teams we've beaten. So, like, it was huge for us to get that win last night, and it was huge for the lads to get that win. So, even for them going forward now. But look, it comes to UCD on Friday night. You know that will tell, tell a huge tale now. Yeah. Of where
3: we're at. Um, yeah, uh, absolutely. we we'll are talk about the UCD game after we hear from Gavin Pierce. We got the second part of his interview. Uh, that we did with him. Myself and Jerry spoke to him last week. At the end of the interview, uh, he talks about um, his interest in going into management, um, which might be interesting. I don't know. Just putting just it out there. Just saying it might be relevant. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, here's Gavin Here's uh, The second part of his interview. After this, we will talk about our next game away to UCD on Friday evening. Uh, Paul Cook, uh, exits uh, the following season Ian Barclough com- comes in the thing about the league win 2012 I think as each year goes on I think we as fans begin to give Ian Barclough more credit for for what he did that year Um, you know because the, the kind of trope goes around oh it was Cookie's team it was Cookie's team Um, what sort of manager was Ian Barclough?
7: Well it was Cookie's team wasn't it he left he had assembled the squad but you know Ian came in and, and... Kept he didn't change stuff. he didn't try and put it on and to put his own Sort of, this is my team now. He just kept things going, and you know from how, the Shelburne game, the very first game against Shelburne obviously stands out to me because we came back in in, in the last minute. I think well, I think I oh, overhead yeah, kicked it to j and j um, not right. in. Yeah. But we were down to ten men for the whole That's game, right. and we had that fight, and I think it showed that we backed him. If that makes sense, yeah. And then from that moment we just kicked on and then I enjoyed his training. His coaching was very good and you know, he was a nice man. and um, he I'd still speak to him if text him um, he texted me the day, and he texts me. So, you know, he texts me every now and again. So like you know, still have a good relationship with him. Um he's doing well for himself now. Uh I,
3: I and, suppose I suppose um like I don't I like the the fact that, that Paul Cook left was probably no shock to us because I think it was a bit it was protracted in the end, wasn't it? But was um was it a very different environment after Ian came in?
7: Um, not really. Like we all just sort of manage managed it ourselves in the Chinese room and as I said, everybody got on. The players were still there and you know, we just kept going, doing what we were doing. We all wanted to keep winning. And that 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 sort of shone through, didn't it? Um we went from strength to strength. and you know, we managed to get into the final. I think did we finish third or second that year, I'm not sure. Um but yeah, we all showing it and everybody's rolled their sleeves up and you know, the, the amount of last minute winners we scored that year as well.
3: Yeah,
7: U uh, C D stands out I think U C D twice, wasn't it? That was with ten men again.
3: Well, um, I, I remember at the start of the season we must have gone we must have gone seven or eight games unbeaten and uh we, well, I guess, uh, did did you, did you feel very clearly at the start of the season that this was going to be the year that you were going to win the league in 2012?
7: Well, we were just knocking off results. We were wins and then late-minute winners. And then, so the result that stands there for me would be Cork away. I don't know why it stands for me. It was nil all, but they were doing well at the time. And it would have been, it was always a tough place to go. We went down there, clean sheet, had chances. Um, but just was, we came away not losing. And we, it was that was really towards the end, and it didn't allow uh Pat to, to sort of catch us that much, and it just stood out for me. And then we were getting closer and closer to the end, and then obviously the Pat's game came up, and we beat them at home and lifted the trophy. Um, it was a, a huge relief, I'd say.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, you, you featured in uh Ushey Moran's documentary recently as well that, that, that looked at that day in particular. Um, I suppose it's hard to imagine us winning the league any other way apart from apart from you know that sunny day in the showgrounds and Raf doing his thing like to 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 think I think it was Drada we played the next following that like the even just the idea of you know if we didn't get the result that we needed against Pats to have to go to Drada to win the league like it just happened in such a a perfect way
7: and Drada were doing well I think they finished in Europe then didn't they yeah Yeah. so it would have been it was a tough place to go and like, luckily, <laughs> we went there and we had to be on the beer all week, because <laughs> we lost in the end, you know. So we had yeah. to get it out of the way. Yeah, uh, and then I think we lost. Did we lost the Shamrock
3: Rovers in the end in the last game as well. Yeah, we, yeah. we probably did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We
7: were, we were uh, enjoying the <laughs> there two weeks.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you, you won the the, the FAI Cup again against uh, Drod after extra time. After. Uh, was that, the, was that the, the the final where you ended up in the car in the corner flag?
7: Was yeah, that the final? And then, and then I ended up in a stretcher as well. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. I think was it was the second goal, the second goal. And I just joined the car. was there. Like, do you know what? In the game, I was saying, if we score, I'm getting in that car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, I ended up in the car and the steward pulled me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, were, um, we were a mad old group, to be fair. We had great yeah. crack. Always, taking, always having the, the slaggings with each other and you know if you watch the first goal North's first goal you see us all run over to the, the what you call them the advertisement boards and just that relief and frustration which we all just built with the board and the noise I remember down at the time the noise of it the, the steward shares herself really she did she jumped <laughs> and then then eventually slips as well down if you watch the back it was funny like watching the back but um there, I think it was just the relief of score, and once we score, we knew that was it. Like when we score, we just kick on then. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and we we did, and I suppose uh, they were down to ten men from that, and then uh, I don't me cruise then, and then it was ten all, ten men in each.
3: That's right, yeah.
7: And, and I was in the the physio room, and I was watching the telly in there, and I was like, oh no, we need to get back on the pitch. We need to get back on the pitch. And I was like, "Oh, it's all right, it's all right." And I went, "Can I go back on the pitch here now?" And I stood up to walk. I mean, they was just wobbling everywhere. And I was, "Oh, better not go back on the pitch." <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, yeah. Um, like, what what are your standout memories from your your time in the showgrounds? Um, what what is it that is it the, the league win or what, what or what? I've, I've
7: got so many good memories of the place. You know, it's hard to say. You, you talk about the league, the cups, the then. For me, it's the group that I was with as well and the friends that I've had for life. You know, Danny, Dora, Blinks and that. and he still had the keynote and that. Jamie Guinness, I was talking to him last night and stuff like that. So, like, we still talk to each other. We've won together. And um, I suppose, like, lifting the trophy with Danny in his last game, it was. You know, lifting that together was really a standout moment. Um I look back, at it, I'm thinking the pictures come through my head, you know, and coming back after my crucian and my son standing behind me, looking at me going back on, that was a stand memory. Uh obviously the semi final goal, uh, the first trophy, playing as playing against United and the Aviva, that stands out. Um, although the what happened, but that, that you're playing against the Premier League champions. Um And
3: how how yeah, do how do you, how, how do you look back, How do you look back on your career now, like um, obviously, when you were when you were a kid going to Blackburn, um, yeah. you know it's Premier League, it's like the 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 bright lights and all that. How do you reflect on your career now after all you've done?
7: Yeah, um, good career. Um, I suppose when you look back at it, uh, I don't don't really think too much about it. I'd, I'd be one of them that plays it down a little bit now. Uh, as in like, I have a bit of stick and a bit of crack with people and I'm like yeah, put your mouths on the table and this and that but that's only just jokes Um, but I suppose
3: but wait, when you're going to, when you're standing in front of a 14 year old who's involved with the you know the under 50 the FAI under 15 team yeah. like you have to have a presence in so far as it you- came
7: up it, it actually came up um, over there when we were on a walk on one of the days off and I was chatting to a few of the young lads and they were asking me like, they were going through my career basically they must have I don't know they googled or whatever but they were talking about, like, you know, oh, you won the league and you've done this and you played against this person and Rooney and this and that. So they must yeah. have been looking at pictures or something like that. So I suppose straight away you start to have that, they're looking up there, you, so you have to sort of be professional and, and lead the way and stuff like that. So, but then you've got Sean St. Ledger there as well who's, yeah. you know, international captain. You know, I suppose I would have played against Sean when I was at Manchester and he was at Pierre in League 2. So, sure. you know, that's the 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 differences and the bit of luck that he's pushed on I've gone League of Ireland, you know, so yeah. Um, that you, little bit of luck, that small bit of differences, and you know, but like he's a good lad and had good, uh, good time over there with the, with all of them, you know, it was, yeah. it was quite great crack and it was good learning off different people. You know, Jason is uh, brilliant at what he does, and I learnt a lot when I was over there.
3: Uh, you're probably the finest header of a ball that I've ever seen, anyway. Do you do any sessions on heading balls for young lads?
7: No, no, I don't. No, I um, <laughs> don't. That's my head's, uh, my head's probably swollen there from, uh, from that, that many balls ahead of. Yeah, um,
3: uh, just very I Not allowed head anymore. Well, oh, that's it. Yeah, that's the other side of it. Yeah, um, uh, after your your league of Ireland, and obviously you left Rovers. You went to you went to Pats and you went to Derry. Um, but I suppose you you did kind of you went out in the high up the north. Um, you signed for.
7: Uh, I've won a trophy at every sort of club I've been at. Bar Pat's, um, I've won the EA Cup at Derry, yeah, and uh, the Irish Cup at Granthorn. You know,
3: yeah. So, like, it, it's it. You've had a cr- like ma- only many people, many professionals, can only kind of dream of the success that that you've had. Really, on reflection,
7: yeah, uh, you don't. I, really, I suppose yeah, yeah, they can, yeah. yeah if they if they want to. You don't I don't the like, guy didn't really look back at that. I was just looking forward at what's next, what's next, what's next, and anywhere I go, like like I loved Glen Thorn. Um and I suppose it, I probably should have stayed, but it was getting too hard for me with the job and travel and you know, it was easier just to come down nearer to Dublin. Yeah. Um we still talked to Mick, uh and it was a good time for Mick. And I suppose was probably that was probably yeah that was probably a little bit of regret but you can't look back, we keep moving forward and then what's next, you know, and I as suppose as I'm enjoying myself. Uh obviously the under fifteen there, I'm coaching the shells nineteen as well. Uh, and then obviously my FBI job, so I am I'm in a good place. I'm doing well and I suppose just as a case now just going from strength to strength and you know, what's next then after that really? And um, what what
3: are the long term ambitions? Ask me that. <laughs>
7: Uh, I suppose because you've played and you've won, you've, and if I suppose captain, leadership, all that, blah, 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 you always want to go further and have a go at winning stuff. And, you know, you'd always look to try and step into management if possible. But I'd like to possibly go as a coach first, if that makes sense. And, you know, just to learn the ropes and not jump in. And, you know, it's a short time if you go in and you do poorly. And um, so, Trying to be calculated and everything I do, if that makes sense. So, well, co- to be a case co- if, if you if you if you go in on the someone experienced and learn and have a, two or three years under them and then look to go in. Yeah. The reason I'm in the North League is because, uh, obviously, for my job as well. But uh, to, re- recruitment was and uh, to know the players or whatever. But to learn the players and to know the players that are coming through by the time I step in, maybe down the line, that I have a good. List of players that I know are good who would like I would like to bring
3: in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, coaching is becoming and management is increasingly becoming a kind of a young man's game as well. There's, you know, Liam Buckley at Rovers is is um, you know one of the older generation. And when you look around the league, it's yeah. invariably it's it's people who have retired in the last five or ten years or so. You know, uh, retired from playing. That is, um, yeah. So I suppose did that kind of does that put a, an additional pressure on fast tracking you to a position where you're you're kind of gonna take the reins of a club?
7: Not really, not necessarily. No. Um like if you want to like the likes of Stevie O'Gonnell has gone in, he's fast tracked. Rory Higgins has gone in, he's fast tracked. Um but but he's done work with the international setup under uh, Stephen Kenny. Yeah. Um, Stevie done opposition analysis when he was injured for Stephen Kenny. Uh, well, um, suppose you've got Daryl Doyle, uh, Tim Clancy, Tim, yeah. en, um, they're doing well. John Colin Ruffles Healy, there. yeah, John, John's under um blame oh, at yeah. the moment, you know. So there's a good few managers there, um. So yeah, no, I, I, I don't feel, I don't feel uh that I'm, that I need to get fasted. For me, it's a case of getting the experience. Now I've done. This is my second year in the Um I know a lot of players now, um, and I've got some into the first team, but well, we've got some into the first team, uh, here and another first teams. So doing the 15th as well, international, where like it's great learning. You're you're around great people. You're learning different systems. Like the that tournament there last week, I've had to watch. Uh, them the the teams I mentioned and the different styles that they play I've picked up lots of tactical sort of uh, information that I'll write down jot down keep it in the back of my head to use some things I like you know so when you're around it a lot and you're around good people you learn a lot and that's that's what I want to do I want to I want to be ready to go in I don't want to jump in and learn on the job I want to be ready and that's just the way I am. I don't I don't like going in when I'm not ready.
3: Yeah. Very finally, do you think that the League of Ireland is in a good place at the moment? Do you think that it's it's progressing with the youth setups? Uh yeah. Or it is. is it like is it improving at a pace that you'd be kind of reasonably happy with?
7: Yeah, it is. Um you know like I can I can speak for I suppose a Sheauburn there where I am there's a lot of good people in place there now. It's a lot is a good uh sort of system in place the, the management and that and you know Collie Barnes doing a great job there um, and obviously Duffer's in charge of the fourth team and I would have been on the same pitch as Duffer last year coaching one half and he was the other half so you know we're going to have a good relationship with him I picked up a lot of information off him and he's sort of a good sort of mentor as well and um, would speak to him as well and he texted me to say congratulations on the career there so that was nice of him as well so um, he's a good person, and I hope he does well. Uh, but I I go back to your question about the academies. I think uh, some clubs are doing well, and some clubs aren't. And I suppose that will come with the new. I think they're categorizing it something, and uh, the difference or the, the way England is cat one, cat two, and stuff like that. So, um, you'll have to hit sort of different targets, and then you'll see who's who's running it well, and who's not running it well, and then I suppose the focus will be on helping the ones that aren't running the well more rather than the ones that are. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll take a couple of years before the money actually kicks in with players going away and then things start to get better. But I suppose with the new person coming in, new director of football, um yeah, hopefully that'll that'll kick things on as well.
3: Um look it you been great for your time. Thanks a million um for joining us. Just very, very briefly before you go, uh who who would who would you classify as either the biggest influence at your time in the League of Ireland on you and who was the best player you played with? Oh. Who who's the big who's the biggest influence on your career is the first question.
7: Yeah, uh, I'd say I'd have to say my dad on that because he used to because so my mum and dad, they used to bring me to every to the games and that and you know my dad wouldn't miss games. He'd be coming from work and watching and then going back up to work on his on his break and stuff like that. Um
3: He's a as
7: well. I suppose.
3: What did you say, Jerry? I said his dad I is a gentleman. gentleman. Yeah,
7: yeah, yeah. Uh, you met, did you? Yeah, yeah. I met plenty of. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, I suppose I'd say um, Cookie had a big influence. To be honest with you, um, just the way he was, and you know, he he got close to my family as well. Um, and then we were all close to. To his family, so I would have thought of him as like the father figure as well. Yeah, if that, I, if that makes sense. And then I suppose, playing wise, you'd have to look at like you can't really look past. I know Seamus goes on about, Oh, you got me a move, and this how he'd be messing, I'd be slagging him and that. But like Seamus has a great attitude, and he always had that attitude, and he had that drive. I suppose you can't really not say he's the best player, player because he's the Irish international captain. Sure,
3: yeah. You know?
7: But you've, you, you've got you, you Ricky knew, Ryan and you, Joseph and as well.
3: You knew. Do you knew Shamey was going to go to the top?
7: No, no, no. You you, you didn't then. Um, you know, I think I remember when we were in the twenty three squad together, and he got left out. Um, and I I said to him, I said, just keep going. And then he was going back and forth to Celtic and Birmingham, I think it was. And then there was no boy, and then Everton came, and then he didn't look back, did he? So.
3: Yeah, and he ripped it up you know, in he, Blackpool and lawn, didn't
7: he? Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Um, he's got a great manner about him. He's very professional in what he does, and you know, he's he's a kind person. I met him a couple of weeks ago in the in the hotel, and you know, he's still the same person. And you know, he's he just even the way he speaks. I think you'll you'll see him as a manager, um, do you in Blackpool. No so, yeah? I think where everything's built. So, yeah, you, you think so? Yeah? I do. I do. Yeah. yeah, I think he just he speaks really well. He's he's had some very good managers to learn off um and he has
3: that drive as well you know look at gavin you've been great with your time um we wish you uh all the very best in your coaching career unless you're up against the Slagger rovers team then we don't <laughs> um, we thank you for um for all the years of service that you put in the showgrounds um for playing a part in all the trophies that uh, you lifted um and all the good memories that that um that uh, you helped us all experience, I suppose, over the, the many, many years that you were in the showground. So thanks very much.
7: No problem. I was only doing my job.
3: <laughs> all right, Gavin. Thanks a million.
7: Great. Cheers.
3: Yeah, thanks, lad. That's Gavin Pierce. Thanks again for Gavin's time. It was good to get chatting to him. And um, who knows? Um, we, uh, well, I'm sure we're will seeing the showgrounds in some shape or form in the future. Will he be in the home dugout? Yet to be determined. Um, right so just uh, before we move on to the UCD game uh, just a note uh, on uh, John Mahan who played I think he played the full game for St. Johnson last night in uh, in a game that will see them stay in the the Premier League yeah am I right in saying that? yeah yeah and uh, according to social media he had an absolutely he was in beside Cleary I think Were they playing a back three? I, I back, back three time? yeah back he, he was left side yeah. centre back right okay um, so so yeah, he played the full game. I mean, he has. He's got. He's got very few chances. Um, I think he's come on. Uh, he's come on as a sub in a number of games, but um, hopefully, yeah. Huh? I think I think he only
5: came on as a sub once and started twice.
3: Right. Okay. Yeah.
5: Judge by the reaction of social media. Their fans. It was nearly like they were seeing him for the first time.
2: Yeah. 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 So So you, one fellow said that, uh, that John man
3: some player. Yeah. I've never seen it before. So. Yeah. So um, for him. him.
5: It's the right time to make your impression isn't it right at the end of the season so going into next season is going to be high on the priority list there like
3: yeah yeah, um, yeah. anyway just thought I'd you done a he
4: done actually he done a really good interview as well um, uh, after the game on the Since Johnston uh, channel it's probably on YouTube if anybody wants to check it out so spoke I, put it up,
2: I put it up on the group earlier
4: oh yeah that's right yeah so we could probably share it uh, on the, the Bourse socials yeah. so
5: yeah uh, Don't remember where he learned his trade doing interviews. This was his first interview on the podcast. That's right. Yeah.
3: That's right. We were all very impressed with him. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, also, Jerry, uh, we're going to give away some beer thanks to the White Hag. We give away beer uh, at each Sligo Rovers game or after each Sligo Rovers game, we ask you to uh, predict the score in our beer score comp- beer score cast competition that goes out on our social streams. And uh, do you have a winner to hand, Jared?
4: Yeah, so uh, the winner of the case for the game last night is Joe Sheridan, who predicted a 2-1 to Rovers. So Joe's a great Rovers supporter. He's in exile up in Donegal, the poor fucker. But, oh, God, I love him. Yeah, <laughs> so we sent him a case fair to share him up.
3: Yeah, uh, well I, done, Joe. There was, a lot of, there was a lot of correct entries, wasn't there?
4: Yeah, there was. There was, uh, oh, geez, I'd say about at least a quarter of the entries were predicting a 2-1. So, um, yeah, Joe. And Joe's a, a great junior footballer and is... In, in years gone by, and a great Sligo man, so well deserved, and a yeah. great Rovers supporter.
3: And nice to be giving beer away on a Rovers victory instead of, to yeah, exactly, who's predicted a Rovers <laughs> yes.
4: loss. And for, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, we'll be giving away more beer on Friday night, uh, after the UCD game, but before that, keep an eye on our social ch- uh, channels and use the beer scorecast hashtag and put in. Uh, your prediction for the game, what do you think the score is going to be or the final score is going to be and tag the trust and tag the White Hag Brewing Company at the White Hag and that will uh, get you in. Um, okay, so UCD on Friday night, more of the same, please, I guess, Sean?
5: Absolutely. You're going with that same attitude, same desire, you'll brush UCD aside, easy money.
3: Um, a little bit of a worry with, um, with Gary Buckley. He went off, he walked I... off okay, I suppose.
5: I wouldn't take any chances with Gary. You have Nando there as well that slotted in perfectly again beside Shane. So I just go with them too. I wouldn't take any chances with Gary. It'd Be unnecessary. You should have enough. We shouldn't be dealing with the same thing we were dealing with with UCD at home a few weeks ago. We should be. We should be swatting UCD aside.
3: Um, Jerry, will you be going up to this game?
4: Yeah, I, I think I'm. I'm fifty fifty. I probably actually will go. And um, so yeah, the plan is to go. Yeah. I just hate going to Bel- or I hate going to UCD because I was like the, the last time I was there, I went in the completely wrong end and I didn't
5: realize UCD is so big. Did you end up in the ultras? Ooh, <laughs> where I was. You see, it's like going in, it's like going into Galatasaray. right? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you know the campus itself, like it's it's massive, like yeah. so yeah. yeah. Jerry ended up in a physics lecture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, oh god, God help them. Um, Magoo, what are you looking for?
2: I feel like Sean said the same again. Like, if we play like that, Dari couldn't live with us. New aren't going to get anywhere nervous if we keep, if we turn up with the same attitude and desire. So, that's this is this they've, they've set the bar now after last night, so they have to keep at it. Yeah, there's
3: very there's very few changes that, um, that would need to be made based on performance, obviously. Um, Ah oh, no, I don't. I don't think you you make too many
2: changes. Like you know, people will probably be calling for Shami in and, and stuff like that. And you know, like obviously, he's it'll be a good it's a good show to call from him. Like he, you know, you have to. But I'd say, we still we probably go with the same starting eleven. I would imagine.
3: I, I would imagine he will too. I mean, from a we want to see more of uh, Morahan and Bulger doing what they did again and building confidence there. I suppose as well and trying to just get, get their confidence back into them, get confidence back into the team and to be, to, to have another performance where they are playing higher up the pitch. So, um, I mean, you don't need to overthink these things either, do you? If you're managing the team, you just try and get them back out doing the same thing. No, like, fourth defo- time I've asked the same question in a row. No, but why, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Rinse and repeat. We've heard that one before. But, um, no, like, you know, it was such a good performance. Why, why would you change it? The only changes you'd make is if it was enforced. Uh, you just keep it as it is. Um and again, you know that you have the options from the bench um, you know, when and how you need them. Um so I'd be very confident going into it, keeping the same eleven. And I think, you know, that builds that builds confidence too within the players and, and in like I think there was too many changes um previously. Yeah. You know, fellas maybe afraid to make a mistake because they won't be playing the next game or I don't know yeah. why they weren't playing, but yeah, so I, I keep it steady and keep keep it keep it the same.
3: I wonder. I don't mean to put anybody in the spot. What happens to Luke McNicholas? Does he join back up in the squad, or is he probably on holidays after the campaign up the north? He, he was um, on the pitch. He was on the pitch last night after we won. Was he?
4: Yeah. He can, he can only join in July because um, all right, it has to be treated as a normal contract
2: uh, window. So yeah. i like, he's back trained. He probably he probably went on holiday for a few weeks, but that yeah. was it was two weeks ago they finished, was it? So yeah, yeah. I can imagine he's back now trained.
4: That's just the difficulty with the, you know, with us being a summer league and and England or the UK and uh, the six counties being a, a a winter league, you know, so it just it just doesn't join up, you know, and it doesn't it doesn't join up. You've got a gap of what? It doesn't,
3: doesn't join up. Doesn't join up.
4: No. Uh, I think they are you're trying to make a joke in there, Connor, but it's not really. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: Um. Uh, the women's team uh, recorded a win on Saturday against uh, Cork City uh, am I right since Saturday? yeah Saturday yeah, at yeah. home at home to um, Cork City it's their first win in five games I think um, but it keeps them in seventh place in the league uh, on uh, 12 points after 11 games which is um, I say they'll be very happy with with how things are progressing there as well. Um, and their next game is do I have it the hand? Uh, it's a way to treaty on uh, on Saturday so they're down in Limerick against Donna Reardon right isn't he looking after treaty yeah yeah. he's already suffered a defeat to Marvel this Steve year, went 16. up against his old manager who yes that's right oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: Steve um,
5: Steve is doing an amazing job though isn't he like in fairness they're exceeding oh, all really? expectations this season well, like yeah. the, the, the the average, you know, how well they're developing
2: The have averaged the point a game in
5: yeah, the first huge. season in
2: the league like that's it's madness. Yeah. No, um, I was expecting I was expecting them to get a, I could have got one or two hammers, but I was expecting them to get a good few hammers. And but they're not. They're they're very competitive. it's
5: got the team to gel so quickly is beyond me. Yeah.
2: And then you know, they're
5: a real style as well and, uh, and identity.
2: I I saw them against treaty in the Shoguns and they were very unlucky, like so they're well capable
3: of getting results on their Saturday too. Yeah. Um I suppose they're they're to their credit, they're picking up the points where they kind of expect to be picking up points. You know, um,
5: well, Connor, I don't think they were expected to pick up points anywhere really along the line. You know, your first time in the league,
3: yeah, brand right. new
5: side, brand new everything. Like,
2: yeah, I think we highlighted on this a couple of weeks back that out of all the new teams into the league in the last many years, they have the most points yeah. per game average, the, the
4: biggest points return, yeah,
2: yeah, so like. It's an unbelievable job, yeah. And the fair was
5: Wexford that's put that together for them.
2: Um, that's right, yeah,
5: yeah. Emma, Emma Doherty's going to be some player, isn't she? Oh, she's
3: oh, fantastic. yeah, it's keeping a hold of her, yeah. I think that's yeah. the big Fantastic, players,
5: there's a
2: couple of them. You want you want who scored the other day, too. Uh, you want uh, Jim McGuinness, very good yeah. player, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. yeah. She's an excellent player,
5: brilliant, yeah. yeah. And that's it, but we're sorry scoring. for a uh, Kristen as well, she's yeah, she's going to say that, she's yeah, like, yeah. What
4: yeah. Like she's the best she's the best female keeper in the league. As I said before, we've got the best male and female keepers in, in yeah, both divisions. 100%. Um, and what's happened there? She uh broke her arm. Or, what is she? Yeah. Yeah.
3: That was, she, she got a bad break in okay. So has she gone back to the States? No, no. No. She's no. Still there. All right, okay. But she's involved in Irish under underage setups. I, yeah, we've yeah, we spoken like, that in the past. Yeah. But she and if she's yeah, so hopefully she stays remains involved but they're scoring goals all the time. And she does she does a lot of coaching and stuff like so
2: she's still there involved daily at training sessions and all that as well like so yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
4: seems to be a real positive influence on the team and yeah and on women's football in general uh as you know yourself Connor just yeah. been involved yeah. with Marvel you know she's taking sessions there and, and things like that and just uh she's someone that the, the young girls can really look up to and aspire to to be like you know um
3: well just on that Jerry, like the pro the, the importance of the Rovers having a women's team at the moment and the amount of girls yeah. just like speaking from from our point of view in relation to Merville and I yeah. know it's been replicated around the league particularly in Bambolban and Strand St John's now as well where a lot of the clubs now have that strong cohort at you know under 10 under 11 under 12 and the, the league the Slagolitron League now have a decision to make as to how they're going to structure are they going to put Leagues aren't for every age group. Um, they used to do it every other age group, like they'd either go evens, you know, under 12s, under 14s, under 16s, or they go odds. But yeah. now there's there's that popularity in the girls' game uh, within Cycle um that um you know they've decisions to make. But what I'm saying is, you know, it's it's no mistake either that they that Rovers women's team is you know helping to influence that. and yeah. the women's Love. team obviously, obviously the clubs have been invited to games. Um, Rovers players are, you know, coming along to training sessions, and it's just part of the whole kind of system, I suppose. It's
5: Unbelievable yeah. how far it's all come, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, like, like yeah. I go, I think back to when I was a young fella, and yeah. like a women's team wasn't even in question. You had a couple of guys that might join in with you the odd time. Yeah. like, and it's it's unfortunate as well because there's actually been some brilliant women's players that have been bypassed now. Like mm-hmm. I even just think off the top of my head, the likes of Claire Stallard and Rachel Skeffenden, They were quality. They were better than half the lads around the place.
2: Yeah. Ashton Waters.
5: Yeah, and they never got to yeah. Yeah. never got to play it properly.
2: Well Ashton,
4: Ashton is I was talking to Ashton there down in O'Neill's a couple of weeks ago and uh we were just chatting about women's football and, and all that. And I just said to her, look, Ashton, you were a trailblazer, you're ahead of your time. Um absolutely out, like she, she would have been out playing with us on the street in Moribboy playing football and she she was good, man. She was good and she would have been younger than us as well. Yeah. So, um, but just so I'll give you a, a, a stat that's going to blow your mind, lads. Connor, you know this already, but just at Merville, we this season gone by, we had more uh, female players registered than boys. Wow, that's how big it's become. It's exploded, women's yeah. football and girls' football. Yeah, who would have ever thought in in your forty-year history of Marvel United um, that you would have more girls registered than boys?
3: Yeah.
5: Jerry, that's exactly what, like I grew up. I I played at Marvel all through my youth and everything else. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about there. Just the likes of Claire Stallard and Rachel Skeffington, they would have been around, and that's there was never any team for them around. So to hear that that's now the case where it's now overtaken, is insane.
3: Yeah, yeah. And you look at I know I don't know if you saw it. I'm sure you did see it. Um, Amadine Henry's goal in for Leon in the Champions League. No, did there's you see? something else? Oh my God! I've never seen anything like it in my life.
5: Would you <laughs> look at look strike. at the new camp? Look at look at the new camp for the games for the last few European games. They've had the ninety thousand. They've been a full capacity.
3: Yeah, yeah. Just that gold. Like she wins the ball. She goes through the player. Wins the ball, and then she must be thirty five yards out and is into the top right hand corner. Unbelievable. But yeah, look at. So, um, um, yeah, look at best of luck to Steve and um and uh, the girls on saturday down in Limerick. and any other business
4: oh yeah i think uh, we're bringing out a bucket hat, um, and right. so if anybody's interested just give us a shout out on on socials if you're interested in getting one so uh, just trying to get a feelers for the numbers and things like that and uh, yeah so just another just won't make a huge amount of money off it but just kind of chipping away
3: what do you want to do a rundown description? It's black, is it?
4: Yeah, it's black. Uh, bucket hat was uh the old uh Slugger Rovers Town Crest, the old Sligo Rovers FC crest, yes. just in red stitching. So it'll be pretty pretty simple, but I think that's pretty that's the kind of beauty to a lot of the stuff that we we put out. It's kind of kept clean and simple, and you know,
3: okay. Um Thanks again to our sponsors, the White Hag. Uh This has been episode sixty-three of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. On a much happier note, it's great to be. Uh, it's great to have something positive to talk to. Uh, it's great to have Mago and Sean back with us as well, our fair weather friends. So did you mention
4: the book launch
5: tomorrow? I did. You I did,
4: did.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah, I did. We've uh, talked
5: was, that much, Shite, Jerry. You
4: forgot. I know. Yeah, that's
3: uh, if if you missed the start of the podcast, if you. <laughs> Fast forward through the shite at the start. I'll sure. say it again. Um, Paul Little is the author of In the Shadow of Ben Bulben." Dixie Dean's Time at Sligo Rovers, oh, And there's a, a launch in the library on Wednesday at half six in Sligo Town. Uh, he's joined by Osteo Callaghan and there's uh, music uh, also. So if you're around town, uh, get around to that. I guess bring your own cans. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> there's no cans. No cans. <laughs> uh, That's why you have to bring your own. <laughs> <laughs> We're meeting in uh, the Leitrim, in the mall beforehand. <laughs> We're getting a bus down. <laughs> Dooley's doing a bus down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Right. That's a, that's the wrap. Thanks a million, lads. Thanks, Sean. Cheers, lads. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, lads. Thanks, Magoo. No better, lads. <laughs>